All right, so I haven't drank much water today, so I'm concerned for my health now. Um, <laughs> I've only had like <laughs> 35 ounces. Brittany's over there looking like a fucking raisin. I'll sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like I feel like it's really hard for me like to get water in on rest days um, because I'm not thinking about like like I'm thinking about meal timing, but you know it's easier. Like it's just life is easier on rest days as far as meals go. And so because of that, like, I'm just like, yeah, I'll do it later. And then it gets to like noon or like 2 PM. And I've only had like 30 ounces of water and I'm like, oh shit. (laughs) Brittany's over there looking like SpongeBob, like I don't need it. (laughs) But I like, it'll be right next to me like this. And I'll just be like, uh, I have to drink that. Like, And it doesn't make it any better that, well, it does make my day better. I'm going out later because it's Tony's birthday. So uh, yeah, it's today. Yeah. So he's going to be old as fuck. And um, so we're going out to eat later at this steakhouse and I want to kind of enjoy myself. So I'm like kind of saving some macros for later and man, like, I hate, I hate, like, sometimes I hate doing that. Like, because my hunger's all fucking all over the place. And, I'll, and I'm like, oh, I'm eating my chicken and veggies and stuff. And I don't have yeah. fats within it. And I'm like, fuck, I'm fucking hungry. But, you know, he's worth it. It's It'll be worth it. And it'll be worth me not, like, going off track. So, <laughs> since I'm... 100%. Yeah, yeah. So, how are you doing? It's, it's Wednesday, by the way. Just- it is Wednesday. I'm doing good. I actually just got back from a appointment with this doctor um he's the bod mechanic on instagram but he does a lot of like muscle and nerve like stuff like i don't even know what to describe like what i fucking went through but it was insane and intense like you don't think about how like your wrists and ankles like make a difference when it comes to like your connection with like your nerves and shit yeah like it was just a full body experience we used like this newbie fit where it's like a specific current of electricity, like going and contracting your muscles and shit like that. It was weird. So there's like a lot of things I have to do, like these basic exercises, which like are just super basic, but it's not for like the muscles it's for the nerve. And so it's not necessarily like nerve flossing, but there's like specific things that I have to do to like, just help the nerve be a nerve on both my left and my right legs for my hamstrings. It's fucking nuts. But yeah. If you guys look up the Bob mechanic on Instagram, you'll see him. He's like, he's on another level. Like he's like on another fucking planet in terms of like his knowledge on the human body. It's just, it's nuts. Damn. Well, good luck to you. I hope that helps you with your hamstring development and your kind of issues that have been going on. Yeah. Fucking better. <laughs> no, I'm yeah, kidding. I, mean, I, I already know it's like expensive. So yeah. Yeah. So it better be worth it. Hopefully I had hamstrings yesterday and I'm sore. Nice. I'm sore. And it's like, I'm trying to get used to my new schedule because now I'm like Tuesday through Thursday, I get in at like seven. So I have to wake up at like five or five 30. Yeah. Which is great. Like, but on the other days, like I tend to sleep in. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, on my Friday through Sunday, I'm like trying to get up early just so I can get used to it. But it's like, fuck, like I'm by, by the time I'm done with Tuesday through Thursday, I'm like 
beat. Like yeah. I have beat the fuck up. Um, and I'll train Tuesday and Thursday too, like after training, because um, I just felt like, okay, so for those of you that don't know where I work, I work at a rec center, which if you've been to college, a rec center is like a place for students to come and work out for college students yeah. to come and work out. And um, like, I feel like, you know, it sounds really bad, but I feel like I deserve better. And so I'm going to go train at a bodybuilding gym and not like at my rec center. And I was training at my rec center, but the students see me and they're just like looking at me and I'm just like looking at them and I'm like, stop fucking looking at me. Like, <laughs> and, and so I feel like I was like, you know what? I deserve better. So I'm starting to go to this bodybuilding gym after I try after uh, my shift at work, which is yeah. eight hours and well, technically nine. And I'm just beat like I'm tired. And so I'm trying to get used to this whole like commuting and like going to a place where I feel like I belong more and then I can. Yeah record more content too. Cause at this facility I can't record. Um, and I can't like try and do it because I'm the boss here. So that would look really bad. Um, yeah. So I don't know, but it's been, a, it's been a hell of a week or so, but, um, we're going to be talking about, um, optimal and suboptimal today and understanding that there's a difference between doing it and doing it. <laughs> if that makes, you know, doing yeah. it in all caps, um, there's no right or wrong in bodybuilding. Okay. Um, there's millions. Well, sometimes there's wrong, but like, there's a lot of different ways to, to get to where you want to go. Um, and some ways work better than others for some individuals. However, like there is an optimal and there's a, there's a suboptimal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is to sort of like categorize what that means and why you can't, um, why it's not beneficial for you to just stick to a suboptimal way of moving through your programming just because it's easier. Um, so it's very easy to just go into the gym and do whatever, but it's not easy to track all your weights and to go to failure and things like that. So we're, we're going to talk about like what, why, like you might not be necessarily wrong, but you're not, you're either not doing enough or you're just not intentional enough. Um, and so it sometimes isn't really about you needing to change your programming. Um, Cause I know sometimes when we stall or things like that, like the first thing we think is, oh, I need to change my programming, but it might not be that. Like think about your habits and think about what exactly is stopping you from progressing to that next level. Um, I remember, for example, when I switched my coach, it wasn't because I was, well, when I switched my coach for the first time, I'm sure in the future one day, not saying I won't be with you, Mark, but like in the future one day, if that happens again, um, it might be because I just want to be at a different level, right? Like, and so it wasn't that my macros changed at all when I got with, with my current coach, um, my, just my training intensity changed and the way that I, that I was spread out with my macros changed and that made the entire difference for me. Like, you know, and so it wasn't really that I needed to change anything. Um, I just needed somebody to guide me into showing me what is optimal. Like, what, what am I supposed to be doing? Um, and so this is for you, like, if you're thinking that way as well. Right, right. And there's something to be said about like all your variables in your protocol, like you can most likely be doing them better. And this is what we mean by like optimizing your protocol. So when we're talking about something like sleep, are you getting your like seven to nine hours of sleep or are you like really getting restful seven to nine hours of sleep? Cause there's a difference. There's a difference between like 
getting up every couple of hours because maybe you're hungry or you have to go to the bathroom or maybe you have panic attacks or anxiety attacks that keep you up or something's in your mind, you know, that you just can't like shut off, like you're tired, but wired. And there's a difference between like putting your phone away, turning off the TV, doing something like reading or something quiet and actually allowing your body to kind of like ease into slumber and getting a quality of seven to nine hours of sleep. So what's causing you to not get the sleep that you need? And you have to address that and you have to fix that. Like sleep is like the reason why we mentioned sleep first, because it's the number one thing. Like if you're not sleeping, you know, you might as well not be eating your meals, which I know is something that Brittany talked about um, when we were just having like conversations. It's like, you need to sleep. You need to repair. You need to let your body to reset. You want to optimize your hormones and you need to just make sure that you're giving your body the rest that it needs so you can continue living life and getting on with all the other shit that you have to do that following day. It's not just about like, oh yeah, my Fitbit or my whoop or like whatever app you use to track your sleep says I'm in bed and asleep for like seven hours, but there's a difference between like lying in bed and being asleep. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, without sleep, the rest of your, your programming is kind of like, you can't really execute any of those other things, um, optimally without your sleep. Right. Like, and so like even things, and I know it's really hard for people. Sometimes I have, I have a client whose partner like frequently wakes up in the night. And so it wakes her up. And so it's not really her fault. Like her, her partner is just, he just wakes up like, and he goes to the restroom and he's really loud, turns on all the lights and so there's a conversation there that has to happen. And I'm not like a mayor, you know, I'm not like a counselor for, for, for relationships. However, like that is, you know, that is something that she needs to talk to her husband about, like, and say, Hey, like I have these goals. And when you do this, like it kind of deters me from my goals. Now, 10 years ago, I didn't care when you did that because it wasn't that important to me. Right. And now it's really important to me. So sometimes it could be something like that, something external um, where you like can't get the sleep that you need. And it might just simply be a conversation that you have to have with someone else or somebody that you live with. Maybe it's not your husband. Maybe it's somebody you live with, um, but it needs to be addressed and it needs to be expressed like why it's important to you. Um, and you also have to realize like how important it is for yourself. Like there are, there are so many people out there that are like, I'm going to hit my food training and all of that and, and my drugs and all of that. But when it comes to sleep, yeah, fuck that. Like, I don't, and you can't, you can't be like that. <laughs> like, this is the first thing, like, yep. and so uh, make sure that your sleep is optimal and make sure that like, even small things like could trip you up at night too. Like I've had, um, I heard John Jewett talking about this too, but I've had a night where I tripped and fell because there was stuff on the ground mm-hmm. and I couldn't sleep after that. Um, I had like four hours of sleep because I was so scared afterward. And so like my cortisol went up so high, um, and I was in a fight or flight from tripping and falling that I didn't go to sleep. And so make sure that your, your room environment is good too, for optimal sleep. Make sure that like your, uh, your temperature in the, in the room is, is good. It's like 60 something. That's, I forgot what, what temperature. I think like less than 68. I think 65 was the optimal, but like less than 68 is desirable. Yeah. Um, and then also make sure you feel safe. Um, that's also a big driver of like, uh, sleep quality. And then also like, think about what you're doing before you go to sleep. Um, are you on a bunch of screens? Are you like, for me, I can watch TV, like, but 
some people can't do that. Like I can watch TV and turn off all the lights. And I like, I start to call, I start to get into the mode of like, it's my body knows it's time to go to sleep. Yep. Um, and so you got to find something that, that lets your body know that it's time to go to sleep, no matter what time it is. It starts basically like kind of doing its thing. Once it starts seeing those cues. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. Like I'm going to, I'm going to open up and be kind of a weirdo, but um, Eric and I haven't really slept in our bed. Uh, for like two and a half weeks what we've done since we've like made our living room, I know like your, your face is like what the fuck so we, made, <laughs> we made our living room it's finally finished we have a cute little like electric fireplace um, our couch and like tv and everything is arranged it's very co- cozy and it's very intimate and we started to we had this like little spare mattress and we pulled the, the pillows off the couch and my sleep score went from like low 80s to like high 80s low 90s and I have slept like a motherfucker. Like there's one time I accidentally fell asleep at six 30 and it's not even that I'm forcing myself to go to bed. My body's like, okay, you're safe. It's intimate. It's warm. Go to, go to bed. And That's- like, my sleep has been great. It's so- been fucking nuts. And my bedroom's not even like it's cold and it's quiet, but it's like this space. I'm telling you, I love this space in my house. And like, we're just going to sleep in here until <laughs> you decide not to <laughs> we decide not to. Yeah. That's cool. Well, that's good. See, you found, you found what you needed, right? Like, and that that's very helpful. Um, so next we have, uh, food. So like, what is optimal food intake look like? Um, and so there's, you know, there is tracking calories and hitting macros, and then there's hitting your meals uh, at times they're supposed to happen, maybe spreading out your macros at certain times that are most optimal for you, um, or hitting them with excellent food sources like micro micronutrient dense food sources. Um, so there's sometimes like I developed a habit. Um, it's a bad one. Uh, I have, de- I had developed, I'm out of it now, a habit of like, I would get so busy during the day, especially, you know, on my rest days, like I'm telling you, um, where meal timing isn't as like crazy important when it comes to training because you're not training. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would get so busy during the day and I would have like my protein spaced out here and there. And I would have like, you know, at least protein, but by the time I got home, like the rest of my macros were just carbs and fats. Yeah. So I had to eat a really big meal before I went to sleep. Um, okay. That's okay. Here and there once in a while, maybe you're going to do something. You need to save your macros. But when it's every single night, it's, it's at least, you know, for me, it was on rest days was every single night. That's not a good thing. And I knew that, like, I know that, um, but I just had to be more disciplined and sitting down and eating, um, instead of just being busy all day. And so what did I have to do? I had to troubleshoot and just have all of my meals like set instead of trying to add things and trying to track macros at work. Um, so what I found was my days to, I guess, veer off the foods that I normally eat are going to be on weekends because usually on weekends, like I have stuff in my house that I can eat, but at work while I'm busy, like I can't do that. I have to have just my meals there and it has to be the set ones. Otherwise, when I get home, I'm going to have 150 carbs left and like 50 fats and then 40 grams of protein. And that's like, that's around like 1200, 1300 calories. So that's not something that you want to do every single night. And I might be hitting my macros, but that's not as optimal as spreading out my protein evenly, spreading out my fats evenly and spreading out my carbs evenly on the, on the rest days that I have. And then when it comes to your 
training days, you might want to consider, okay, I'm going to, what is the most, uh, what is the best micronutrient for ATP energy and uh, performance? Carbs. So I'm going to place my carbs around my training. That's a way to be optimal as well. I'm going to place my fats away from my training because I need those to stay satiated. Um, and then I'm going to spread out my protein and not try to like bombard my digestion with a ton of protein um, for no reason when I can just spread it out. And so being intentional with your food and also your food sources. So like, if you really like almond butter, that's awesome, but you also need other, other types of fats. Um, and so remembering that like being optimal might just be switching up a few food sources for yourself that might do you more service than others. Um, and I also want to stress the point that optimal and suboptimal is also relative to where you're at. So for example, if you're a complete newbie, I don't think you should be worrying about like protein spacing and picking the best micronutrient if you don't even know how to hit your macros yet. So like also understand that like where Brittany and I are at, like we better be on our shit in terms of like nutrient timing, protein spacing, and a proper micronutrient diversity. But if you've never tracked before, like you're going to get super overwhelmed with like, oh my God, well, I have 150 grams of protein. Uh, I have to eat five meals. All of that should have equal protein. Like that's going to be very overwhelming at first. So understand like what's optimal and suboptimal is also going to be relative to where you're at. So what's optimal for you is just learning how to track, learning like what foods a protein, learning what foods is a fat. And then once you get a better like understanding and a better habit build, then we can do things like, okay, well maybe let's have protein spacing. Now let's learn how to optimally space our protein throughout the day. Let's learn how to place our carbohydrates around our peri-workout nutrition and our fats elsewhere. So understand that it's not like A to Z, it's A, B, C, D, and eventually you get to Z. Yeah, exactly. And I like that because what, okay. So like I had the example earlier, I switched coaches because I wanted to get to another level. Mm -hmm. I wanted a coach that paid attention to that stuff because I knew I didn't really need to change anything. I was doing just fine. I just needed to know, okay, like, how can I do this better? Yeah. And so, um, but trying to do all that when I was first learning, like it would have been so overwhelming and not enjoyable for me because at the time, like when I started tracking macros and like started really getting serious, um, I just enjoyed like having control. Like I just enjoyed having control over my meals and my life and, and knowing that like, I didn't have to restrict myself. Um, and so that was fun for me. And then when I, when I committed to a coach that I knew was going to be on my ass, like I mentally prepared for it. Yep. Like I was meant to, I had, I remember I inquired with him a month before I signed up because I was trying to mentally get prepared for him because I knew, um, I knew I was going to be held at a higher standard and I wanted it to still be fun for me. And so, um, <clears throat> simply trying to be at a different level was with the change that I needed. Um, simply like being more intentional was the change that I needed. Um, and so when you're first learning, like you, I think it's really insightful for you to say, like, you have to go in steps because yeah, what's optimal. Like I have a client now, uh, he's, I've started him on a meal plan so that he can start like just putting in, um, meals in my fitness pal. And so I told, you know, he kept saying, I kind of want like a little bit more room for freedom and being able to have different types of food. And I said, okay, that's awesome. I want you to have that, but we need to learn how to track macros. Like I can't do it for you. I'm not going to change your meal plan every other week. It's just not happening. Like, so, um, 
let's have you start learning out <coughs> learning how to track macro excuse me and then we can uh start moving you from there and so now he's like oh i i like that i can i can do this and that like how should i put my carbs you know where around my training like what percentage and now he's starting to ask those questions because now it makes sense to him where at first it didn't make sense to him it doesn't make any sense when you don't know the first level of things um so for lifestyle clients it's really important for competition clients like what takes you to the next level could be a lot of things um and so we'll talk a little bit about that later how, but in your optimal and your you're going to the next level is always going to be contingent on the level that you're currently at. So absolutely. And the same can be said for training as well. Like obviously if you're a new individual that's maybe never touched away or kind of is familiar with the weight room, you have you're not going to understand mentally, physically, or even spiritually what training to failure is. Like you just are not going to understand it, which is why your coach is hopefully teaching you the basics and probably giving you a proper rep and set scheme. So therefore we're learning the basics of maybe you're practicing tempo, you're working on movement patterns, you're, you know, optimizing biomechanics. So therefore you're looking at your like basic squat, deadlift, bench press, shoulder press, stuff like that. And you're learning how to lift. Then once that's all mastered, or at least to the point where like you were lifting safely, then it's when we can address that intensity factor. And then that's when we can start taking sets at a higher level. And then hopefully your coach is dialing back that volume because at that point, if you're like doing like four to five sets of all till failure on like one exercise, your def your central nervous system is going to be fucking fried. But right. it's understanding that like there's a process and there are levels to this. And then also on the flip side, understanding that like you can't just go into the gym and fucking like it's not daycare, right? It's not just like, you're going to play with all the toys. It's like, you know what toys you need to play with and you need to take those sets there when you're at that level. So you can't be disorganized. You need to have a purpose. You need to make sure that when you go into the room, the gym, you are focused on your training. You are focused on progression. Like you have your logbook in hand. Like for me, I don't know how people track on their phone. I think that's great that they track on their phone, but for me, I want that physical logbook. So when I can see and write notes to myself being like, oh, well, last week, Ashley did this. And now this week, Ashley better be getting this, or if not, it's going to be like, well, why? Well, is it because did I feel better engagement this time? Because I maybe tried a new movement pattern, or maybe I, my sleep was trash the night before and I, you know, don't feel as refreshed. And so maybe that's why my training intensity or my reps weren't there. So it's like kind of getting yourself to kind of analyze like and troubleshoot what's going right, what's going wrong. And how do I fix that? Because every week is not going to be necessarily a PR week on every single exercise. Like, I don't think that's realistic unless you're a beginner. That's kind of different, but when you're intermediate or advanced, like it's just not going to be there, but just because maybe you're not getting more reps or more weight also doesn't mean you're not improving either. Like there are different levels to improvement. And that's where I think learning proper mechanics and having that mind muscle connection is super important to develop and foster from a young training age. So therefore you understand that when you get to a more advanced training age and you're lifting and you're lifting really heavy and really hard till failure, you understand that like, Oh, well maybe I matched my reps, but man, I really fucking felt it in my delts this week. Like that's still a win. And you need to make sure you record that shit. Because if you look at the past two weeks, you look back, you're like, Oh, well my reps didn't get better, but you put stars or something that said, well, my engagement did that's still what's going to grow muscle as well. Yeah. And that's also another point, like just to think about the levels of training and why, like, 
why it be people, especially at higher levels, tend to get picky with who they who they train with. I find um, at first it's easy to be like it's it's all it's all social and friends, and you see all your friends at the gym, and you're like, hey, what's up? And you can train with anyone. Um, but when you get to a higher level and you're more serious about it, that's where you have to be a little bit more picky about who you keep around you when you train, um, because. You can't just, you can't continue to train with somebody who does not, at least is not trying to bring themselves up to the level that you're at if you're way ahead. Um, so like me and Ashley could train together. Um, but there are some people that I used to train with that I can no longer train with. Like I can't, I just can't do it. Be not because like, I don't enjoy it. I enjoy it, but they're just like, oh my God, you're so serious. Like, and it's like, what's well, serious to me? Like it's important yeah. to me. Right. Like I like, I love my mom, mom, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but I don't really train with her anymore. Um, because for her, like the gym is social hour. Like, it's like, I'm seeing all my friends and we're all, you know, just pumping out, you know, that's, that's how it was like old school. Like that it was, it was more of social hour. Um, and for me, I'm like, I have this little book with me and I'm like, hella serious. And I don't want anyone to talk to me. I don't even, I'm not an asshole. But like, I don't want to sit and have a conversation right now. Like I, it's and like I, it's the it, generation it, thing with like church, Sorry, yeah. enough, but this is like, it's like, my grandpa is very old school. He has his Bible that he's had for like 40 years. And it's like, he's like, when you go into church, you go into church to worship God. And like, yeah, you have a little bit of fellowship, but it's not donuts. So like, obviously like now that their church is trying to be young and hip, they have like coffee and donut hour and he gets so exacerbated. He's like, it should be about worship. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I mean, it depends on what, how you want to do it though. Like, cause like, I like my, my church. I don't think my grandmother would like going to my church, right. like, you know, but I love my church and, and do I like going to her church? No, like, so like, but the, 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 the common goal is that like, we're both in worship and we're both getting to yeah. know Jesus. Like, and so we connect on that, but like, are we going to be able to have like, you know, similar like feelings at each other's churches? No. Like I, you know, back when I was a kid, like church was a chore. Um, it was like, oh my God. And now it's like, I'm excited to go. Like mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not going this weekend cause I'll be out of town and I didn't go last weekend, but sorry, Jesus. But like, you know, I get excited to go now. And I like talking to people like Yaz is somebody who goes every weekend at her church. And we, like, I feel nice, like talking, being able to talk to her about like my experience and what I learned. And, um, but it wouldn't be like that if I were in a church that just didn't fit me. Right. Um, so, so it's, it's, and in same, same vein as my grandmother, she wouldn't be able to connect with the pastor there and be able to tell you all that she's learned because she's just not, she just don't like it. Right. Um, and so same thing with training, like so your social network around training can be optimal or it can't be optimal. If you have a social network where it's like, or even with nutrition, like if you have a social network around you where um, it does not motivate you to keep pushing or motivate you to hit your protocol or motivate you to be on your shit and, and non-judgmental, you're going to have a hard time getting to that next level. And you'll find yourself like really cutting off people that don't, that don't put you in that position because you're like, I can't, and it's hard and it's tough and it sucks and it hurts. Honestly, it starts hurting because it's like, you thought those people were for you and you find that they're no longer for you. Um, and sometimes that happens when you're trying to get to the next level. Um, I don't have very many like friends that I socially like 
connect with as much anymore since I started getting really serious about my training and nutrition because being around them just fucks my shit up. Like, and I, and I can't have that. So unless they're going to be there with me, like I can't do it. Um, and that, that goes for friendships, relationships, all of those things. Like people that you surround yourself with can take you from suboptimal to optimal. Absolutely. And something with training that I also want to touch on that kind of remind me of our church analogy. Um, also the training environment in terms of like where your physical location is. Like mm-hmm. I first started out at a rec center and then also a planet fitness. I yeah. wouldn't be caught dead in a planet fitness now because that's not my vibe. That's not my culture. I can't be me authentically hundred percent me at a planet fitness. That fucking lunk alarm will go off. Like <laughs> I, I set off the lunk alarm, like three literally like, <laughs> with my, by my ankles out of that fucking place. I had to train in a place like Uflex where I can scream or my IFBB pro, uh, IFBB pro buddy will hear me scream and be like, Oh, Ash is here. Like yeah. I need to be authentically, truly me in order to get better. And your culture and your vibe and your tribe all have to be the same and line up or else that's just not going to be suboptimal. It's going to be a stress to your life because you're going to feel a, a part of you being suppressed. Like, like I, like I was talking about earlier, how I said, I deserve better than the right center. Like, that's what I mean. Is that like, I deserve a place where I am who I am. Like I deserve a place where I can grunt and wear baggy clothes and people don't think I'm a freaking weirdo. Like, and put my, and put my hood on and nobody's like, Oh, that's Brittany over there. Is she okay? Like, (laughs) you know, I deserve a place where like last weekend I was training at this gym. It's called the works. That's where I go now. Mm -hmm. Um, it's in Upland, California. And a lot of IFBB pros and old school bodybuilders would train there. Um, and I was training and there was, uh, a, a couple of guys that were working, they were training together and he came, one of them came over and brought me a 45 while I was on the calf race. And some women would think, oh, he's flirting, but he really wasn't. He was just like, I see you. Like he was just, yeah. you know, kind of saying like, Hey, I see you. Like, do you, can I help you? Like with your, cause they're, they, they, these were huge guys, like big dudes. Um, and they, they were watching me train and they didn't say like, you know, you, you look good or you're, you're doing awesome. They were just, he was like, Hey, do you need this? Like, I it was just, it, it was an acknowledgement that like, you deserve to be there. Like it's yeah. like a general, like you like walk into a room and you get that head nod. Head head nod. Like, yeah. It was like that. And so it's like, that's, that's what I need to be surrounded with to, to be able to train. Like I might be tired after work. Yes. But I do better over there. Like than I do here. Like, so that's, that's the position I'm going to put myself in. Um, and so that's me being optimal. That's me optimizing my training because I'm in an environment where I matter. Like I'm in an environment where um, I'm able to be myself and you can't, you can't get far in your life without being yourself. So. Exactly. Exactly. One last thing we want to touch on is just your overall execution of all the things that we talked about. So your programming, how can you be better? Be honest with yourself when you're weighing out your shit. If you have tracked in chronometer, my fitness pal, 200 grams of rice, and it pops up 197. Are you accepting 197? Are you going to put 200 in your fucking rice bowl and eat 200 grams of rice? Like people are like, well, how does three grams matter? And I once I saw a post where it's like, I think it was Gooby that posted it. He was saying, well, if you're working 40 hours a week, would you want to be paid like, you know, $40,000 a year or like $37,000 a year? It's like, okay, well that's three grand of difference. Like you put it in money. You're like, oh fuck. Like I want to get paid what I'm working. Right. So like, if you're going to fucking work, why cheat yourself? 
Why cheat yourself when it comes to hitting your steps? Why cheat yourself when it comes to hitting your meals and eating exactly what you say you're going to eat? Like if you actually take that shit seriously and execute it at that optimal level, you're not going to need changes to your programming nearly as often because you're going to be on your shit. Your body's going to do what it, it should be doing. And you're going to be golden. Like you're, it's like driving a car and having like in going the speed limit and then putting like fucking NOS on your car and just like, it's just going to be at another level because you're executing at the highest level there is. And that stands for something. Right. I mean, I think I even saw him post about like, everyone should just be on meal plan, like be on, like, I think he was talking, he was saying like meal plans, like this is how bodybuilding kind of started. Like everyone was eating the same amounts. They would increase them. They would lower them, but it was virtually the same food sources. Yeah. They might switch out here and there, but people get into these, like, Oh, I want to track in like this candy bar and like this, this bag of chips and which these things are like wildly inaccurate a lot of the times. Um, and so your optimal could be going from tracking and shit like that to just going whole foods. If you're not ready for a plan. And if you're ready for a meal plan, then do a meal plan. Um, but it, it, it is again, like what's most optimal for you, but also like, look at the facts, like, look at the facts, look at how things originated and what was working back in the day. It probably works now. Like back in the day, if something was working and people were making a shit ton of progress when they didn't know anything back then, Uh like you got to look at that and like, and and be honest and be like, that probably is working today. Um, We don't need to overcomplicate things. And so it could be that, you know, your, your optimal is no longer overcomplicating things. So, um, but we do, I guess that wouldn't be the last thing we're going to talk about. We're going to also talk about, um, you know, when, and this might seem off, off topic, but it's not, um, when to deploy PEDs. Okay. And when is the correct time to do that? So we wanted to touch on this because when you deploy PEDs, it is not because you need assistance and you're doing all the wrong things anyway. It's because you've been doing the right things and you've been doing them for a long time and you've been optimal for a long time. You're getting your speed, you're getting your training in, you're progressing your training, um, and your execution is, is optimal for a very long amount of time. Um, that, and I'm talking like years, like there's no reason for you to get on, uh, PEDs when you're first in your first year of bodybuilding, you have, you haven't even like done the scratch the surface. Yeah. yeah. You haven't even, so like deploying PEDs, like when you're, when you're still like struggling with getting sleep and skipping training days and not eating all your food why the fuck are you doing that? Like you have to look at it. I looked at it as like, I don't deserve that unless I'm doing this. Um, I don't deserve that because to me, PEDs are a luxury. Um, I don't deserve to be doing that unless I'm able to take all of my health supplements. If I can't afford my health supplements, I can't afford, I technically can't afford PEDs because that's that's the furthest thing from what is giving me progress in the first place. And I'm not going to get the progress that I want with them if I'm not doing everything else optimally. So PEDs are for people that are optimal. They're not for people that are like, oh, I want to eat like shit. So I'm going to, I'm going to deploy PEDs. Like I'm going to get on, I'm going to start running stuff. Um, That doesn't make sense. 
there's something to be said that if you look like you use peds, but you don't look like you know how to train hard, that's not a good look. Like it's not a good look. And you see that look all the fucking time because you can tell like looking at the muscle and looking at the physique, if you're deploying and maybe even abusing anabolics. But again, if you look like you use anabolics, but you don't look like you know how to train properly, you need to reevaluate that shit. You need to go back to the drawing board, either get off or get on TRT and look at the sleep, the food, the training, and how are you executing them and be fucking brutally honest with yourself. Like now is not the time to justify and make excuses. Now is not the time to get emotional. Like if you're at the point where you look at your shit and you're like, you know what? I haven't been on my shit. I need to get a coach to hold me accountable. Get a fucking coach because all you're doing is if you're blasting a bunch of gear and you're not on your shit, you're just honestly, you're fucking killing yourself. Like I hate to be black and white about it, but that's exactly what you're doing. Right. Like (laughs) because you also have to understand like gear is stressful. Yep. Um, and so when you're not made and and not being on your protocol is also stressful, giving your body lots of variances, uh, not allowing it to recover, um, and training is stressful. Um, so unless you're like really doing what you need to do, you really should not even be thinking about getting on gear. Um, I rem I had, I had told my coach when I first got with him in 20, what was it? 2018, 2019. I talked to him in 2018, but 2019, um, I, uh, I told him, I said, I am interested in performance enhancing drugs. Yep. I know that I'm not there yet though. And, uh, and it, it's good to be able to recognize, like I could be doing better. I, I could, and it's not even that like, oh, I need a better physique. It's that I don't know what the right things are yet. So until I do, I don't, I don't really want to do that. So I just wanted to let you know where my comfort level is. I want to do this naturally for as long as I can before I think I'm ready to do any of that. And, and that shows the emotional, emotional maturity on your end too is recognizing you're not there yet. So many people are like, oh, well, I've been somewhat okay, but now PEDS is the next level and I'm ready for it. But it's like, when you recognize it, like, hey, I know I'm on my shit, but I could be better on my shit. Like that shows emotional maturity where when the time comes, a coach was able to recognize that and is more likely to be willing to run a cycle with you because he knows that you're not going to miss your injection or you're not going to miss like your oral timing. Because like, if you can't fucking hit your protein, you're not going to fucking remember your injections or you're not going to remember to the half-life of your oral if you're using oral. And then you think that you think that's fucked up fucking not good not a good spot to be in because you don't want to miss that shit Mm-mm. right no it, it i love that you said that because it's like if you can't be organized with the basics how are you going to be organized with things that if you miss or if you if if you're disorganized with your gear protocol like that's going to affect your health like mm-hmm. that's going that is no if you're skipping test shots and shit like that like not getting sleep like not hitting your food like you need to take a step back and reevaluate and, and find out like what, what can you handle right now and what can you focus on? Um, because you, it may be that like you can't focus on many different things at one time and that's okay. Let's focus on like the basics first and let's focus on the things that matter, the things that you can see yourself hitting um, and focus on that and then move into other things. Um, but sometimes you can't do all of it at one time. And I think people tend to try to do it all at one time. Um, and then they find themselves like just missing things. Yep. You have to be like, you have to be mature. Like you have to be mature as an athlete, like to be able to say like, okay, I'm ready for that. 
Um, and your coach also has to have an eye on it too and be like, oh, I don't know if you are and be honest with you. Um, and if you are great, if you're not, then it's okay. Like just keep pushing until you are. So yeah. Like peds are only going to be useful when you are in an optimal state, when it comes to your health and when it comes to your overall level of execution, when it comes to sleeping, eating, training, managing stress, like, you know, I think Brittany and I are in the, the school of thought where like peds are earned and they are a right to use when you have earned it, that they aren't just like handed out freely, like candy. Like, it's not like you're like in the, the fucking 4th of July parade. And like, people are like throwing dum-dums at you and smarties. Like, no, like you earn that shit when you're emotionally ready. And like, that includes checking all of your boxes, doing them damn near perfectly, but also doing them with a good attitude too. And I think that's really important too, is like, you can like do shit and then you can do shit with a grateful heart and be happy about it. Understanding that like, you get to do shit, like you get to physically do it. Not that you have to. Right. And also like, you know, you also have to think about all of the, the things that come with, with getting on peds as far as checking routine blood work. Well, if you're natural, you should be looking at it anyway, but it's, it's, it's more, it's more important when you're, when you're on gear, um, because it gives you an idea of your health, you know, before, during, and maybe after the cycle, um, when you like, you, you want to look at all of those things. And if you are going to like, kind of bitch and complain about pricing when it comes to, uh, your lab work, you don't need to be on beats. Mm -hmm. Like you don't, it's, it's, it, you have, again, you have to be financially there and you also have to be emotionally there to say, okay, this is important enough for me to need to do. Um, and so think about that as well. Like if you are unwilling to uh, like go and purchase like lab work and the routine, uh, just main things that you're going to need to like be able to, to do, um, performance enhancers, like correctly, then no, like, no, you don't need to do that. I know people that have never gotten their blood draw in a blood draw in their life. Um, and they're running a ton of gear and it's like, for what, like you have no clue what's going and they're wondering why they're not making progress. Well, you have no clue what's going on mm-hmm. and the gear is not going to help you make progress. What helps you make progress is having all your variables accounted for making sure your health is in line and making sure you're able to handle that. Like, so just make sure that you're able to like, really hone in on, you know, blood work and, and listen to your coach. Like if your coach tells you to get blood work, go, go fucking get blood work. Uh, damn. Like, like the shit we say is not for our health or our betterment. It's for yours. Like that's at the end of the day. Like when a coach asks you to do something like I honestly got a good coach will ask you to do things that help you to be better and healthier period. Exactly. exactly. Well, this was a uh, pretty short and sweet, but I think we hit we had a lot of good points there. Um, so thanks everyone for listening. Ashley, do you have anything that you'd like to say? I don't, but thank y'all for listening. We appreciate you guys. And we'll catch you next week. We will catch you next week. Peace.